0: his name. come before you this morning and we thank you for that night divine when you sent your son into this world to save us lord we're humbled by your love that you have for us this morning we worship you we thank you for what you've done for us for the life that you've given us through your son jesus we thank you in jesus name that we pray amen Well, good morning to you, Rock Hill friends, we're glad that you're here with us. Rock Hill, we like to walk through books of the Bible, and we're concluding our series in the book of Titus. Now, when you come to a Christmas Eve service, there is kind of this low-grade expectation. You'll read uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 1 through 20, which I encourage you to do, and then we'll light a candle, we'll sing some songs, we'll get out of here, but because it lands on a Sunday, we want to just kind of finish in our little study. Now, Now, just don't worry, there's only two points, all right? So I've even cut a point. And uh, allowed us uh, to not be here too long, but we're in this little book, the book of Titus. It's a letter written by Paul to a young man, and uh, he writes this book to encourage uh, Titus, who's a pastor over a number of churches in Crete. And, and if you are reading the book of Titus, you begin to realize that a theme at the beginning, verse 4 of Titus, chapter 1, is the theme of grace. And then if you look at right at the middle, chapter 2, verse 11, you you see once again Paul is underscoring grace. And and then today, as we look at this text, we we see that he's going to once again emphasize grace. Now, we do not fully understand the nativity story, the, the birth of Jesus, him coming to this earth, the incarnation of Christ. God sending Jesus to this earth to live the way we should have lived, that we failed to do, to, to die the death that we deserved to die, to, to be buried in a tomb and then rise again. We, we don't fully understand the nativity story, the, the life of Jesus story, without understanding grace. We don't understand the New Testament without understanding grace. We don't understand the Old Testament without connecting the dots and understanding the beautiful story of grace. God giving to us that which we did not deserve. And Christmas seems to be a, a time where gifts are given, but the, great, the greatest gift that we could receive even today, the greatest gift that you and I can be given on this day is the grace of God. So we're going to look at Titus chapter 3. We'll put on the screen for you if you don't have a Bible with you in hand or on your phone or tablet, whatever you have. But just a few verses from Titus chapter 3, and then we'll get to what you really are here for, which is to light something on fire, all right? Chapter 3, verse 12, it says this. Paul's writing, if you're there, will you say, Word, when I send Artemis or Tychicus to you, make every effort to come to me in Nicopolis. Because I have decided to spend the winter there, diligently help Zenus the lawyer, and Apollos on their journey so that they will lack nothing. Let our people learn to devote themselves to good works for pressing needs so that they will not be unfruitful. All those who are with me send you greetings. Greet those who love us in the faith. Grace be with all of you. First thing we see is the gift of friendship. The gift of Friendship. I think so many of us have friends, and I hope that you have friends, and some of us have friends that are closer than family. We all know that person in the family, that even if we're in the same town that they're in, we we might avoid them and go say hi to friends instead. Uh, You don't do that, okay. The gift of friendship, though. It's a beautiful gift because when you think about the Christian life, uh, the, the Christian life is about this engagement with people who we may not have... A lot of things in common, but we have the main thing in common, and that's faith in Jesus Christ. The friends that that become family, friends that we vacation together, friends that we do life together, ministry together, and Paul was no exception to this. Of course, during the Christmas season, it can be easy to feel alone or isolated. That simply is not how God has designed us to be. In fact, Jesus will tell us he will never leave us or forsake us. So Jesus coming in the birth story is evidence of his interest in being your friend. In fact, Jesus will be accused of this. There's Jesus, he's a friend of sinners. That's not Jesus excusing our sin or making an allowance for us to sin and sin abundantly. But rather it's saying those that seem to be the furthest from God, that's the ones Jesus is going to go and befriend beautiful message of the gospel of his grace him giving to us that which we did not deserve in this list we see multiple people that are mentioned by paul specifically i mean think about this of all the things paul could have said he begins to list out some of his friends the first one is not n- mentioned in name but his name is on this book it's the name titus we've already determined that titus was a young man, 30 maybe even 40 that 40 is very young okay but he was a young man, and he is. Paul has written this book to this young man who's shepherding or overseeing all of these churches on the island of Crete. And he's been with Titus, and Titus has been with him, and they are. he loves him like his own son. He mentions Titus. He, he then mentions Artemis. It's the only time that this man is mentioned in the Bible. But we, we know that Artemis is the one who's to kind of take over once Titus has left, he's he 's entrusted with leading these churches upon titus departure to go join Paul he has Paul has sent Artemis to do this very thing we never heard of him before it made me think how many how many men and how many people near Paul did we not do we not know about but they were they were close to him and entrusted and faithful he then mentions Tychicus and Tychicus was this individual who uh, he's from uh, Asia, which is uh, Turkey. We, we know this, and his, his ministry was, was broad. He actually joined Paul on his third missionary journey. He was mentioned in other books of the Bible, and we learn that uh, he takes Timothy's spot as leader in the church in Ephesus. Tychicus is mentioned. It's likely that he was one of the ones that actually carried this letter. We'll call it the Pony Express, but he carried this letter. And then, then Paul mentions Zenos the lawyer, which is, again, evidence that lawyers can be Christians. And so, Zenos here is mentioned, and, and here's, we don't know a lot about him, but we, but here's what I want you to see. I, he's somebody who had a professional career, but he actually left that for a season to join Paul on his journey. He's one who's become an entrusted individual in the life of Paul's life, and so here we have Zenos who's again mentioned here. Then we have Apollos. We learn about Apollos in Acts chapter 18. He's a great communicator, sophisticated if you will. He's, he's got great knowledge of the Bible, he, but he's also humble and teachable. Because while he's speaking in Corinth, we actually learn that he actually said some things that weren't totally accurate. And so he's approached by Priscilla and Aquila, and he's actually encouraged uh, and corrected and Lovingly rebuked, if you will, and he listens and he corrects his ways. Apollos had an incredible ministry in Corinth, which was a wicked and evil place, but he was a faithful servant, and he's mentioned here in this text. He mentions also, in verse 14, our people. There's a sense where uh, these weren't somebody else's people, these were Paul's people. These were people that loved Paul and were with him, our people, the Christians there in Crete. Believers, unnamed, who we do not know, but they knew Paul, and Paul knew them. Those with me, meaning that Paul was not alone. I think sometimes we have this maybe idolized vision of who Paul was in the Bible because he's written so much in the Bible, but we realize soon that Paul was not alone. He, he could not do this life. He could not do his ministry alone. Then we have what he says at the very end, those who love us in the faith. Those who love us. There's this great sense, these eight different groups of people, individuals, but also clusters of people that are mentioned, because Paul's wanting us to remember that this Christmas season, and I think in your life, if you are truly a follower of Christ, you you just simply cannot do this life alone. Even the, the nativity scene is evidence that even the birth of Christ didn't happen in isolation. There were others that were present to see and to worship the Savior. That you cannot, uh, if you're feeling the, the sense of isolation or abandonment during the season or loss during the season because there's, even at your dinner table today, tonight or even tomorrow, there's an empty chair of which a loved one once sat but now no longer sits. There's a sense, I want you to know that Christ, Christ is with you. He's not abandoned you, even though you may feel abandoned. He, he has promised not to do so, and that promise is sure and true. The birth of Christ beautiful reminder the nativity scene a beautiful reminder that there are others that are going to be on this journey with us jesus jesus who desires a relationship so much so that the father had sent him to earth on a rescue mission i've come as jesus said to seek and save those who are lost and his promise that all those who believe in him will also be called his children if you've trusted in Christ, you, you're part of his family, and it's a beautiful family. And the story of Christmas reminds us of that very thing, but not just that. We're reminded on this day of the, the better and greater gift. There's a gift in family, and there's a gift in friendship, but there's a better and greater gift that we are given, and that's the gift of his grace. He, he ends this whole entire letter, not with a, a plethe statement that just trying to wrap things up, but he says this, grace be with all of you grace be with all of you the grace defined is the undeserved love of god to men and women revealed in jesus the undeserved love of god to men and women revealed in jesus Uh, another way we might describe grace is god's riches at christ's expense or another way the spontaneous goodness of god to sinners spontaneous goodness of god to sinners now now friend i don't want you to think that that god is spontaneous and he doesn't know what's happening god is fully aware of what is happening and he has a plan in fact we learned the gospel story it actually was planned before everything began before the foundations of the world god had made a plan to rescue sinners made a way to rescue sinners and the nativity story actually highlights this, there's prophecies that, that are revealed. We find in Isaiah 7:14 that the prophecy that the Messiah is going to be born of a virgin and that very thing becomes true when Mary is visited by an angel and told that she will bear a, a son and they will name him Jesus. We learn in Micah 5 too that this Messiah will be born in this little town called Bethlehem and Lo and behold, Jesus had no control over where he was born, but yet he was born in Bethlehem. None of us had control, by the way, of where we were born. We just wanted to be close to our mothers. Okay, that was not, I won't say that ever again. We learn in Genesis 12, 3, that the promise is given to Abraham, that there will be a great nation from his seed, and we come to find out when you read the story of the genealogy of Jesus in Matthew's gospel, that it all lines up, that Jesus and this fulfillment of this prophecy is is seen in this moment. We find really ultimately in Genesis 3.15, it's called the Proto-Evangelion, the first gospel. The first gospel where Eve is told that through the seed of her, there will be the one who will crush the head of the serpent. And that person is Jesus. All these prophecies, and there are many, many more that we could go through, fulfilled. Jesus was part of God's ultimate plan to redeem mankind from themselves. It's the gift of His grace, the gift of this Christmas. God's grace is the best gift given to us on this Christmas Eve. Paul wants everyone, Paul wants everyone to experience this grace of God, and we would want the same for you this Christmas season. And if you uh, misunderstand grace, you'll fall into two kind of, two kind of ruts. On one side, you'll fall into legalism, thinking that God keeps his holy scorecard on your life, that if you don't measure up, then you will be excluded from his grace. But that's a a misunderstanding because God's grace is a gift to us, not something that you earn via a scorecard, but something he gives to us freely. Or or you'll fall into this other rut. The other side of the rut is that you'll fall into an anti-legalism or anti-law to where you can do whatever you want because God's grace is going to cover you. Friends, I would assure you that there's nothing you can do to cause God to stop loving you. However, I would say that if you think that it is an allowance for you to do whatever you want, then you've misunderstand God's grace as well. See, God's grace is a gift given to us. I know that at Christmas time we have lots of gifts that we open and uh, I hope that you have gifts to open this Christmas, but I hope that you also understand that there's a better and greater gift that we get to receive on this Christmas through the birth of Jesus Christ that he came. But Jesus didn't just come as a baby to be born, he, he came as a savior to save. And What he does is he offers you the opportunity for life and life eternally and he just says if you would admit your sin and believe that only through Jesus you can be saved, you then when you confess him become his and part of is family. It's a great gift at Christmas. We all know the thrill of opening a gift we've all wanted and then we immediately begin to share with others the gift that we received. And oh, I hope that this Christmas season the gift of his grace would be something that you might receive and then want to share with others so that they may receive it as well funny about grace. It's mentioned 131 times in the Bible, 124 times in the New Testament, and 86 times by one person. His name is is Paul. Paul, who was anti the grace of God. He, in fact, was anti Christ. He did not love Jesus, but then Jesus appeared to him on the road to Damascus. In that moment Paul surrendered his life to Jesus he began to understand the grace of God that even somebody as wretched and sinful and wicked as Paul himself could be confronted lovingly with that grace and he responded in faith That really is ultimately the response to the grace of God the gift of this Christmas is to accept the gift that he gives It's not rejected or think that there's something you must do to earn it but just to receive it You know at Christmas time We sing about grace, and we sing about the birth of Christ, and then there's this moment that we're all anticipating this lighting of a candle, and the lighting of the candle is just a a wonderful kind of moment in life, and I know that in our modern day, we don't really need candles to light up a room, but but there's something about receiving the gift of that light, the gift of grace, and then passing it on to to somebody else, or to those in your life that that you ought to be sharing the good news of this grace with a neighbor, a family member, to reflect on the kind of grace you've received in 2023 and how to extend that grace to somebody else in 2024. I know that every year that the lighting of the the candle can symbolize a lot of different things. The light has come. But ultimately today, here's what I want us to be thinking about as we light the candle. You've received the grace of God. You will want to pass it on somebody else so when we light the candle you'll hold that lit candle and if you have an unlit candle i'm encouraging you to move don't don't pour the the wax everywhere that, that could be disastrous for you but i don't want it on your pants but anyway if you hold that candle and then you take the unlit one and light it and just as a reminder symbolizes his grace to us on this christmas eve and then when we sing our last verse we lift up that candle why Just as a symbol and reminder, his light is among us. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the gift of this Christmas, the gift of your son, Jesus Christ. He died for us. He gave us life. Lord, help us in this moment as we worship together to remember the great gift of your grace. Jesus, you, you didn't just come as a baby, you came as a savior. God, we thank you for the gift. We thank you for the birth. We thank you for the life. We thank you for the death. We thank you for the resurrection. We thank you for the ascension. And we thank you for one day Jesus will come for his family. We pray this in Christ's name.